The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> They'd get him. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by JLD Hot Sauces and Knives. Guys, they have the best hot sauce. They're award-winning hot sauce. Boot Jolica comes in hot, extra hot, and Thai flavors. They also have the Reaper Madness Reserve made with the Reaper Pepper from Carolina. And for the Brave, you can get the Death Shot. It has the extract of 10 Reaper chilies in each one-ounce bottle. JLD Hot Sauce also has the highest quality made knives you'll find anywhere, including ones for hunting, fishing, and cooking. Go to JLDSharpSauce.com, use the code SAINTS, and get 10% off your order today. That's JLDSharpSauce.com. All right, everybody. Kevin Held has returned for a holiday just because he loves us, and he's coming on back. Kevin, I got excited when you said you wanted to do the show, and I thought of you today uh, on a not a sad note, but Drew McGarry, the very popular Deadspin writer, he something happened to him. He had an accident. He's recovering. Uh, and I thought of him because he really? did what our happened? show back when we were excited to have like 200 people listen. Uh, and we interviewed him from a wind tunnel. It was very exciting. <laughs> what happened? What, to what him? happened? Yeah. I don't know. They didn't. The Deadspin doesn't say. They, they didn't say. They just said he's. He didn't do – I knew something was weird because he didn't do his column Thursday, and they were like, something's happening. He's had an accident. We're not telling you anything more. Pray for him. And that's it. But he's recovering. It didn't seem like he was near death. Just something significant happened to him. So anyway, I, that's what I thought of, Kevin. But you are back. And also, to show you how far the podcast has come, Dave, tell the people you are getting free stuff. People are just mailing you shit just because they love you. You got a care package from a super fan of the show. You got airheads and T-shirts and drugs and drug paraphernalia. Tell the people what you got. <laughs> drugs. Um, I did thank you to Chris, who is a, a, a loyal listener. And, uh, you know, he heard me talking about how much I really, really wanted to get my hands on some of those Alvin Kamara airheads. So he uh, he happened to have a bunch, and he had some that he could spare, so he dropped a couple in the mail for me. Um, that was very nice. Um, and I, what did he address it to? He addressed it to Dave. Um, Dave, they should have never signed Nick Fairley Cariello. 
Yeah, he got, <laughs> he got rank. I think it had Rankins on there. I think he got fairly confused with Rankins. <laughs> and then, um, and then also, I don't know if you guys got it yet, but we got a special gift from JLD we hot did. sauce. It's like this uh, blueberry cranberry jam, but it's like spicy. Uh, I dipped my finger in there at the at the store and got a little taste. It was uh, it was spicy. I got to figure out what what, that, what that's gonna go on. It's but it wasn't like crazy spicy like that no. like the sauce we got. It's great. Um, and then I had another listener. Uh, I, I now I'm forgetting. I think his name. I think he said his name was Tim. Uh, if it wasn't Tim, it was Matthew. But I think it was Tim. Uh, but uh, he's from here. He's from New Orleans, but he lives now in Michigan. He's a farmer. And I apologize for our FarmersOnly.com jokes. And he said, yeah, he said, it's funny you mentioned that because that was I remember that from when I first started. And so he's been listening for a while. And he wanted to come in because he wanted to see the T-shirt empire that he's heard so much about. <laughs> uh, literally his words. Uh, so anyway, thank you for uh, for listening and thanks for stopping by. I'm always willing to you know chat for a little bit with uh, listeners in the area. <laughs> so Kevin, we haven't talked to you in a while. So what's your thought of the Saints? Right, wait, 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 wait. Now, now the sponsorship is now hot sauce and knives. Yes. Oh, and, and also mybookie.com. Are we no, they're my done. Mybookie. Yeah. They're a little bit shady, as I can attest. But they're <laughs> they're uh, they're no longer a sponsor. We love we love them. We'll take your money. We'll shill for anybody, man. Except for like money, money is still money. Yeah. Hey, Kevin. Remember when they had the guy? He might have been a white supremacist that he wanted to hawk his book. Remember that, like when we when we first did the podcast, and he had, we got to like five hundred listeners a month, and he wanted to hawk his book, and he might have been a white supremacist. We and we thought about taking his money. We should have done it. I, oh man, I, I don't, don't know, know about that. I mean, money's I, money. I don't all I I don't even remember the white supremacist part. I just I, I all I can remember is you saying this guy <laughs> with a book. He's a book. Wanted wanted us to sell his thing, and and I and I was just like, and you were just telling me, yeah, I was like, no, so I was just like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he was really f- far out there, but he had a picture of David Koresh on his website. Yeah, that's, that's a negative ghost ride. <laughs> that's, that's a negative. I think we made the right call. Uh, we're like yeah, 10 minutes into this thought- podcast. We haven't even talked about the Saints yet. No, we haven't even. But that's what the people want. Oh, you guys decided to hawk, you know, <laughs> y'all hawking hot sauce and knives. And then y'all are talking about, oh, I got airheads. And, and we've got care packages from, you know, from hot sauce. And we got this spicy <laughs> jam that Dave likes jamming his finger in. Like, oh, that's great. Oh, and people coming to- People from as far away as Michigan coming to see the T-shirt empire. That's great. <laughs> That's great. You know, I'm sitting up here in the Midwest with uh, with Jack and shit. And, uh, you know, I mean, I got my dog next to me, but he couldn't give a rat's ass about me right now. So. <laughs> this football team, guys. They're, the football team. Kevin, this must be well, like. Are we going to get an update scene? on Kevin's love life before the end of this podcast? Yeah, we, we always had it. We always had a love no, life. Kevin's love life. Solid. We haven't talked about football yet. We might as well just 
keep keep pushing, keep moving the proverbial goalpost back on that. Mm. Yeah. So my, the the woman that I had been seeing for like 15, uh, 16 months, she and I broke up. Oh. Yeah, I know. I thought I really thought she was the one. Oh. Uh, Social media really made me feel like it was true love. I feel duped. Did I? Hey, I <laughs> you know. I, I, uh, I hope. Yeah. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Like, I, I took some time off, had to, had to figure out what to do with the franchise, and, uh, <laughs> you know, traded down uh you know acquired more picks <laughs> you know and moves and and you know things are looking uh things are looking promising at the moment so well, that's good that's great so I you're should... basically what you're saying is you're on farmersonly.com <laughs> uh no, not on farmers only I, I i i would not dare uh present myself as something that I'm not by going to farmersonly.com. Uh, I, I've, I've gone to a few places and, and got a couple of dates. And yeah, we're, I'm just, I'm just taking my time. I'm just taking things nice. So, you know, every now and then on this podcast, we talk about the saints. Occasionally. They're yeah. 11. And, they're 11 and two. And they're on track for a bye. Uh, they're your they, NFC South champions. They are NFC South champions. Is any yeah, of you hold bought- on. Let's, let's fucking talk about that for a second. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Because, you know, that this is the first time in franchise history that they've gone back to back and won two division titles. It's never happened in 51 years. Half a century, guys. They've never won back-to-back titles. And all I saw on Twitter, now granted, I was frustrated. I was annoyed. But like, and I'm picking on Brian because he's my friend and he's he's top of mind. But he, he certainly was not the only one. But tweets about firing this team into the sun and Saints are awful. And they're 11-2. and two. 
they're still, if they win out these last three games, it will be the best team in franchise history for the regular season. Now, I know we all want Super Bowl or bust. I know that if it's not a Super Bowl, we're all going to be disappointed, and this is going to be a miserable season. But, you know, a little perspective here. Not too long ago, this was a team, when I was a kid, that never won a playoff game. And I was told when I was a kid that the Saints were small market, that the owners were cheap, and they, they were never – it would never happen in my lifetime. They would never win a playoff game. And then in 2000, when they won a playoff game, all I heard from all the old school Saints fans was, well, they may have won a playoff game, but they're never going to win a road playoff game. They can't do it on the road. <laughs> and they won a road playoff game. Well, they'll never win a Super Bowl. That'll never happen. Even if they get there, no chance they actually win it. So, you know what? Like, all I've heard my whole life is that they can't do stuff. And under the Sean Payton era, they have done everything. They've, they've won on the road in the playoffs. They've won a playoff game. That actually happened with Hazlitt. They've won a Super Bowl. They've now won back-to-back division titles. So, I'm going to apologize and actually enjoy this shit for a second because this is supposed to be fun. And if you're not having fun when your team is 11-2 and two <laughs> and win back-to-back division titles – for the first time in 50 years, then you need to stop watching. You need to stop. I have to say, Andrew, and Kevin, you can attest to this when you used to edit my columns at Channel 4 maybe. At halftime of the game, I checked my email. All the 50 50- year old plus Saints fans came out of the fucking woodwork and were like this team is a disaster <laughs> they're not going to win another game they're terrible they, they shouldn't have let Willie Sneed leave the offense is trash blah 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 it was panic Kevin I used to think the Saints fan base was kind of chill because we, we were just like still enjoying 2009 but after yesterday man the Saints fan base we're kind of entitled, man. Like we, we were. They had six bad quarters on offense, and the fan base was flipping out. And I, man, I, I don't even know what to make of some of them. Uh, some of them older folks that are that are coming in, uh, coming out there, out of the woodwork. I mean, I'm used to seeing on Twitter, you know, the Saints go three and out, or if Drew throws an interception, I'm used to seeing some of the some of the the uh, some of Saints Twitter being like, "All right, they're going to lose. Oh well, you know what else is on TV?" And it's only you know if it's if it's a three o'clock game, it's three fifteen, and and some of these fools are already looking for the remote, you know. And I just kind of chalk that up to to people being cute or trying to be cute, but like these older folks that. Have ex- that lived through, if not all fifty years, most of it. Suddenly coming around and 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 saying all these things like, man, sh- you know, calm down. Yep. Calm down. You, you know, Juge. You know, you know what it is. It's that we're one step removed now. We're we're approaching Patriots Patriots fan territory where we're not happy unless we win fifty to seven and everything is perfect. But that's not football. That's not reality. I don't even know if it's that. I, I part of me wonders if it's just if it's just some some older people feeling like, oh, this is the shoe dropping that I always knew was going to happen because I'm a neg because I am a pessimistic asshole. 
And so <laughs> you live now in the negative. Was, you live in the negative. That's some of it. That's some of it. That's definitely some of it. The the old school, just like I always knew the Saints were losers, and they're just waiting for any opportunity to drop that. But then there's this whole new wave of fans that they're like, hold on a second. I signed up for the storybook Katrina season, and I signed up for 2009. I didn't sign up for this. You know, it's like it, it's it's these people that are fans of depending on what league, you know, they're fans of the Yankees for baseball and the Lakers for basketball, though they switched to the Golden State Warriors five years ago. And, you know, it's like it, it's these these front runner fans. And like it, it's just like it, there, there's so many of them now. They're just like they can't tolerate a little adversity like that's football. And every season, like the Saints have faced about as little amount of adversity as I've ever seen from any team in Saints history. And yet they're still going to face a little bit. That's part of the deal. They're 11 and two. Enjoy this. If you're a fan and you love football and you love the Saints, it doesn't get any better. It just doesn't. Well, here's a good question, though. That's a good question, Dave. Are we, is New Orleans as excited now as they were in 2009? I think no. But Dave, you're saying. I mean, it's kind of hard for that. You never, I mean, I don't think that'll ever, I don't think that level of excitement can, can be topped. I think the, at best, I don't even think at best you can equal it. I think at best you can approach it. That's but fair. Dave, it's been a decade since they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, for, first of all, I'm the only one out of this whole group here that lives in New Orleans. So I'm the only one. Here that it can... comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Play the card. Here comes Dave. Oh, I got the T-shirt empire. I own the. I own all 52 cards in the deck. Oh. I, I I live in New Orleans. I'm I'm from here. I buy the hot dogs here. Okay. Oh, I go walking down. I take a, a saunter down Magazine Street. Oh, I tip my cap, and I'm wearing my suit. Oh, lordy, lordy! Next, <laughs> tell us you drinking some some sweet tea next, Dave. Oh, I I I make a nice batch of rumelade. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like he never left. It's like he never left. Anyway. Um, I'm goofy totally the of the garage and like saunters in for like five hours of the season. Anyway, I do agree. I do agree. I mean, Dave, you when, you were, when you were eight years old in New York and going to see cats, we were Saints fans, buddy. I exactly. I know. I know. It's true. But in in his defense, he probably did know all the lyrics to Phantom of the Opera. So you know, (laughs) never even seen seen Phantom of the Opera. I've never seen Cats either. Uh, But anyway, well, but the question was about the present day and the and the right now. But my answer is um, uh, no. There's there's certainly not as much excitement this year as um, as there was back in 2009. And I was actually thinking about this on. Um, and and how I would react if they won or lost, and I, I just I just think I I in in that scenario I, I just think it, it's not 
going to be as big of a deal as it was back in two. I, I just, I, I, I don't think it's going I, to. I mean, I understand the concept of losing your virginity and you, you never get to do it for the first time again, or, or the first time you try heroin and you'll, you know, they say that addicts always chase that first high and they never get it again. Like I, I refuse, I refuse to believe this. I mean, like, I'm not saying like, I'm not going to. What am I doing every Sunday? Like, well, I, why am I obsessing not, over this? Why do I do a podcast every Monday? Like, what What are we doing? What are all these listeners doing? Why are you listening to this podcast <laughs> every Monday if you don't love it and it's they're not going to be really special for you? I'm not they're, saying that I'm not going to. I'm here? not saying that I'm they're not listening because of this. I'm not saying that I'm not going to. <laughs> That's why they listen, man. They listen well, for the I'm, sound effects. It, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be amazing. And you know, and you know, I'm like you. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy the season. I'm I'm rooting oh, for them yes. to I'm rooting for them to go fourteen and two and, and have the best record in franchise crazy, history. Um but uh, I mean, are you with me though, Dave? Like can can we not describe this as anything other than awesome and amazing? Yeah. I, I'm not and on we're fortunate issues, to witness so it. I'm not. I'm not getting I that mean, feedback. Uh, I'm not in that echo chamber. I'm. I've avoided all that crap. So, but if I if I was like you and I was reading all this on Twitter all the time, then I would absolutely. I would think that it's totally ludicrous that well, these people. Well, I'll just say, we do three times the amount of podcast listeners we did than when we did it in 2009. So that's people are more excited. Yeah, well, yeah. well, I don't. I don't think that there's. I. I. I, I don't think that. I don't think it's. I don't think it's totally uh, random that you know we're getting Christmas gifts in the mail and airheads <laughs> by my store. That you know the same season that the Saints are playing incredible. I mean, that's just that's the exact kind of stuff that happens, and that you know that uh, when when your team is winning and everybody's feeling good, um, you know, I, I don't think that's a coincidence. No, I mean, I th- look. Saints win. People are more interested. That's just how it goes. The one thing I will say about the actual, uh, this actual season, Kevin, I feel like people might not be more excited, but I feel like there's more ancillary, weird, fun comedy stuff going on. We got the Bunk Gang where they do the celebrations. We got Taysom Hill. We got Kamara with his own airheads. We got Michael Thomas doing doing homages to Joe Horn. I feel like the ancillary fun stuff is more, and I'm having much more fun than we had in 2009 just because I feel like there's much more fun to joke about than there was in 2009. And, yeah, we joked about it, but, like, the Saints give us material that's just so fantastic. Right. So here. So while you were going through that, it something something occurred to me. How did you not it's, mention Teddy Bridgewater's dance in the locker? Room? Oh, we'll get to that. No, we'll get to that. We'll get but to I that. Mean, Listen, as, man. As you, were, as you were listing the fun things, I mean, that's got to be in there. Okay, go ahead, Kevin. I, I listen. If I won a massive lottery, I would personally buy the uh, the Eliminator course from the old American Gladiator show, just so I could have Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Do the uh, do the little bicycle hand gimmick uh, again and again and again. Um, but so while Ralph was talking, it occurred to me. So it's, I mean, I, I'm I'm. It's going to be obvious now, but it's the Super Bowl that made the difference. 
when you're when you're when you don't have a championship in in a generational mem- in a, in the in the memory of a generation to lean on and to really stick with that's that's all you can focus on so yeah so it's like you can look at the 2006 season before the super bowl the 2006 season there was a ton of fun little things that were going on and good moments but it just kind of just fell and drifted into the ether and then when the super bowl happened that was the big collective sigh of relief so now you can really look at all these other things that are happening and really enjoy and pay attention to that and really love and and cherish these other things more because the 09 season happened. Yeah, I mean that's a really it's a really interesting point. I think point I'm going to I tell you what, I and I'll I'll go out I'll go out on, on the hot take limb and say <laughs> and I'll I'll go as far as saying this. I don't know if the 28 to three stuff would have been as would be as big had the saints not won the super bowl. Oh, th- th- there's no doubt that, 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 oh. that is, and Bomani Jones has said this as he, he has admitted he gave up being an Atlanta Falcon fan, but he still hates the saints. And he says, that's the one thing that the saints fan can always hold over Atlanta fans for now is we got the championship and you don't. And that makes yeah. that makes twenty eight to three ten times more fun because even if we if if the Saints had lost to the Colts or whatever, Atlanta would say how many Super Bowls you got, and we'd be like none. But now we're like we got one, you got none. Twenty eight to three, buddy. I mean you know? the one the one thing that could maybe make a Super Bowl this year as good or better than two thousand nine would be the fact that it would be in Atlanta yes. on their field. Yes, and also I, we don't know like how it's going to play out, you know? And first of all, I think we need to acknowledge the very real possibility that the Saints won't win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, that, that, that's, that's still a possibility. But assuming they, if they were to pull this off, you know, all these moments, ambush, uh, the Tracy Porter pick, um, you know, and even playoff games that, and, and non-Super Bowl seasons, like when they went on the road in Philly and Shane Graham made that kick. I mean, I'm just saying, like, there will be – if the Saints pull this off, there will be moments, unforgettable moments that happen in the playoffs that we will reference forever, and maybe it gets up to that point. Because right now it's all theoretical, right? Yeah. I do – I right, do – I, I mean, if, if, the, if the game has if, – if the game is, has some epic moment or series or something, you, you well, know, or, you, just like the I'll, Patriots coming back from twenty-eight to three, you know, if the Saints did something crazy like that, then maybe, then maybe that might vault it. And well, say, you I'll know just what? say that, definitely the best I'll, Super Bowl. I'll, that game is fucking amazing. I'll join. I'll join Kevin in the hot take limb and say, look, if the Saints get to Atlanta, that two weeks between the NFC Championship game <laughs> and going to Atlanta will make the Miami Super Bowl look like a kid's Christmas party because. Saints fans were going to Miami, and they didn't even have tickets. I knew tons of people that were like, I'm just going because the Saints are in the Super Bowl. I got to go, even though I don't have a ticket. Dude, Atlanta is a cheap-ass flight away or an eight-hour drive, and they have, like, upwards of 100,000 people from New Orleans that moved to Atlanta post-Katrina and stayed. 
New Orleans will simply take over Atlanta for Super Bowl week in a way that I don't think America is quite prepared to see. Yeah. Which will make it different. Um, here's something that I thought of, and I somebody actually reminded me on the Twitters, is during the summer, Andrew, uh, when we were talking about sacks and totals, somebody tweeted something out and they said, can the Saints, what would you, would you eat cat food if the Saints got to 55 sacks? And I said, no, but I'll dress up as Freddie Mercury if the Saints got to 55 sacks. And 55 sacks in August seemed fucking ridiculous, but the Saints had four more sacks yesterday, Andrew. They're at 41 sacks with three games to go. I wouldn't say 55 is likely, but it's possible. Am yeah, I going to have to do research on how to dress up like Freddie Mercury? <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll look glorious. I can promise you that. But is it, what, what would just odds of it happening? 50, well, they're what, playing Cam Newton twice. And you know, he, he's notorious for holding onto the ball longer than most quarterbacks. And... And they're playing Roethlisberger once, and he might be the only guy in the league that hangs out on the ball longer than Newton. So, uh, you know, those guys, I mean, if they were playing Matt Ryan, I would say it's maybe less likely. But with those quarterbacks, like, they could get a seven-sack game on Newton. And then, and then you know, you're talking about seven sacks in two games. So it's not impossible. Unlikely, right, but impossible. We need to talk about. Did I say? Did I say I was going to do something if they get fifty-five? Sacks? I don't know, but Kevin, Am I on the if, here? if I have yeah, to dress you said up something as about a guy and a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, if I have to dress up as Freddie Mercury, which Freddie Mercury should I have to dress up as? Should I have to dress up as like leather pants with the wife beater? Should I have to do the? crazy thing called love where he's vacuuming in a French maid outfit like which version of Freddie Mercury should I have to become I I think either you go live aid Freddie Mercury with the short haircut the mustache and the uh, and and the and a top with the white pants or or you go um the the uh the one mission Freddie Mercury from the music video where he is in drag <laughs> Two very different. It's two vastly different looks. Uh, so, Teddy Bridgewater looks like the happiest motherfucker on earth. Um, and Dave, you can address this. I feel like that dude knows something about his future with the Saints. Like he's won the Powerball and ain't told nobody. I've never seen a backup quarterback this happy in my entire life. Like. Do you have a, a, a theory, explanation for why he's so happy? Well, I just think that's him. I mean, I you know everything I've always heard about him is that he's such a nice guy and all that. So, I mean, I think he's just probably got a very positive outlook on life. And uh, I think, you know, Andrew just went on a whole rant earlier. How could you not? What is he supposed to do? Fucking sulk in his locker <laughs> uh, when the Saints Brandon are 11 and 2? Brandon Cooks would. I mean, well, there you go. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, you know, what's he supposed to do? I, I don't think he know. I don't know what he knows about their plans for the future. But again, I think as long as Drew Brees continues playing like this, I'm 
I'm pretty sure he's still going to be playing. So people, there's like a small percentage of our audience that likes us to talk about X's and O's, Andrew. Uh, so the Tampa game, the first half, they got dominated, but I feel like the second half, the Saints really asserted themselves, but it didn't necessarily feel like that because it wasn't like this boom, 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 and it's 28 to 14 and the game's over. It was more like Taysom Hill blocked a punt, and then it was just like slow, methodical. Uh, Kevin, what's a, what's a wrestling move that's kind of slow and methodical? Maybe the iron claw or a sleeper hold, and then the Saints had won, right? So it wasn't like you didn't. Think of it as like this super dominating second half, but it kind of was, right? They just curb stomped Tampa in the second half. Yeah, 25 to nothing. And, you know, when you look at the plays that were made, it really was an ass kicking in every phase of the game. I mean, you know, the interesting thing, and I I said this on Twitter, I I was like, man, I hope Sean Payton sticks with the run. I I really hope he doesn't abandon it and go one dimensional because that's how things start to get ugly. Uh, and that's when Drew Brees gets hurt, hit a lot. And and I, I just thought, like, if they were going to try to run the football the whole game and fail in doing it, and Tampa was just going to continue to dominate at the line of scrimmage, then then so be it. But I just felt very strongly that if they stuck with it, like, eventually they were going to hit on these runs because Tampa's defense is just they, – they've shown all year they're just not good enough to to hold up for four quarters like that. So – uh, kudos to Sean Payton. I mean, he didn't abandon the run. He stuck with it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, after that Taysom Hill block, I mean, you started to see the defense dominate. The pass rush was getting there. And the minute Tampa had to start throwing and becoming more, more one-dimensional, defense started to take control of the game. Offensively, they were running the football and moving it. Special teams came up with big plays. Even uh, Tommy Lee Lewis had a couple good returns. So um, I, I just thought – it was a complete domination from top to bottom, every phase of the game. Really, really weird considering it was the opposite in the first half. Kevin, I'm going to ask a really weird question that I never in a million years thought I would ask. And I'm, you're just the guy to ask because I know you watch the tape. You know about the Saints receivers. You know the routes they run. You know the breaks. You know all of it, the timing. I think he knows the middle name for every guy on the 53-man roster. Yeah, he does. He does. But, Kevin, I feel like after Michael Thomas, the Saints, the rest of their receivers, including tight ends, they really kind of struggle, borderline, are mediocre. Do they need Ted Ginn to come back and be good on offense? Ooh. Boy, that... I can't believe I'm asking it, but I, 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 I kind of feel like maybe... Man. Then what's his middle name? <laughs> Gerald. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that would absolutely. I, I think that 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 could help. I mean, he's. It's not. It's basically. Just like he's the he's the present day Devery Henderson. Just uh, he's not going to catch that many passes, but he's the he's just enough of a deep threat to make the you know to make defenses have to account for him. And then of course by doing that, you open up the you open things up more for Mike Thomas, 
and the tight ends underneath. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, that could help. I mean, I would rather see. I mean, if you if you gave me a choice between having uh, the the O line, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. The guy who's not in, but if you gave me a choice between having him back or Ted or or Ted Ginn back, I would take. I, I'd want the O line guy back. Yeah, no, I I think the thing is because Dave, it's December, right? The Saints, there's no there's no fix that's coming from outside the building, and Brandon Marshall. He's caught. He's not even active, and if he couldn't be active against Tampa, like I don't know what they're ever gonna get from him. So like it's 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 either it's either gonna be Ted Ginn or nothing. Like I don't see I don't see anybody else stepping up. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, as far as Marshall's concerned, I don't know if him being inactive is necessarily uh, because he's not picking up the playbook or anything like that. I, uh, I just just don't really know if they. I think he's just really for um, emergency purposes. Um, yeah, I mean, if he if he was he he would be playing by now if the Saints felt like he was better than what they're seeing in practice from the other guys. But I mean, you know, would the Saints be better with Ginn back? Yeah, of course they would be, um, and hopefully he comes back. But I think he's still got you know at least a few weeks to go. Maybe for the playoffs he'll be back, especially if the Saints have a bye in the first round. But um, I mean, I, I think, you know, all these other guys, Traquan and, uh, you know, Kirkwood now, I mean, I think they're good enough. I think the problem is consistency. I mean, I just feel like the last couple of games, the Dallas game, you know, Traquan dropping that touchdown, uh, dropped a drop yesterday. That was a great call. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's just, they've just, I think they've, I think it's, I don't think they're bad. I just think that they've they've just been playing inconsistent lately, but they are certainly, you know, you can certainly next week, uh, you know, they might all turn it on again and you might have one of those games where, you know, Kirkwood shows up, you know, and, 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 and Drew throws four touchdowns to four undrafted guys, you know? No, that, that's a, that's an interesting point. I just, I guess, Andrew, my fear is that, they just need they just need a they don't need a lot they just need somebody and it could be it could be you know what they need, I, I think, a, they need a receiver to be Eli Apple on offense but Eli I Apple forgot. is a guy where he's he's not awesome he's never going to be awesome for the Saints but the Saints need he's going to be handsy he's going to get flagged a couple times he's going to get beat here and there what the Saints need him to be is competent and occasionally making plays and that's exactly what they need from a number 2 receiver they need Eli Apple on offense. I have the other guy. I have the name besides Ted Ginn, and I can't believe I forgot it. Playoff Josh Hill. <laughs> the playoff Josh Hill can save them. Um, look. Uh, Josh Hill dropped one last, uh, Sunday too, didn't he? Yes, he did. So here's, here's the thing, um, and before we get to uh, the hot take of the week, that it's really the hot question of the week, and Dave actually brought it up uh, yesterday on a text, but it's sponsored by 
JLD Hot Sauce and Knives, guys. They have the best hot sauce. They're award-winning hot sauce. Bucholica comes in hot, extra hot, and Thai flavors. Go to JLDSharpSauce.com and use the code SAINTS and get 10% off your order. That's JLDSharpSauce.com. Dave, it's not necessarily a hot take, but it was a great question you asked. Why is Taysom Hill getting used less and less on offense? Now, the Twitter talking heads that hate Taysom Hill, the so-called NFL experts, were saying that I saw some of them say yesterday that Sean Payton's finally wised up, that it's dumb. But PFF, Andrew, showed that that's not the case. Like, Taysom Hill on third and fourth down in high leverage situations and when it's third and fourth and short, he rocks at it. And the Saints are phasing him out, or not phasing him out, they're using him less and less on on offense. And you said they, they've removed him off of some of the kickoff units. So is he getting is, is Sean Payton using him less or are they saving him? Those are the two possibilities. I mean, I think when you're 11 and two, uh, you have to be realistic about two things with Taysom Hill. Number one, you know, there's a limited amount of stuff you can do uh, with him in the game. And I just feel like you've got to be careful how much you put on tape. Um, Because if you put a bunch of stuff on tape, you're basically showing, you know, your arsenal and you're giving guys a chance to prepare. And if you go five or six weeks without really using him, then not only is it not on tape, but teams are starting to think maybe, eh, that's not part of their offense anymore. Um, so it gives you, it, it almost gives you an element of surprise again to have him back in there. For example, you know they put him in and it cost Tampa a timeout, which you know at, at, it was kind of a critical juncture when they put him in there, um, and and Tampa called a timeout. So you know they they still got a benefit out of putting him in there on that play. But I just think. You know, the other thing is Taysom Hill, I mean, he's got a history of injury. You don't want him taking a ton of hits, especially when you're 11-2 and two and you already know you're, you're going to get in the playoffs. You already know you're almost certainly going to get a bye. Um, I just think you got to be careful about how much you use him right now. you got to be smart about it. I think Sean Payton's got a trick up his sleeve. And I, I think, you know, once you get to the playoffs and it's do-or-die elimination game, then you're throwing the kitchen sink at people and, and you're really not holding anything back at that point. So I, I think there's a good chance we'll see a ton of him in the playoffs. Yeah. If the, if the Saints go to the Super Bowl, there's going to be a Taysom Hill play. Yeah. <laughs> T- Taysom Kevin, Hill might, you... might pick and recover, ambush himself. <laughs> and by, by, by the way, it was funny because when I texted you guys and asked that question, I mean, I had felt like over the Dallas game and then even the week prior, like they kind of really, they just weren't putting him in. They weren't really using him offensively. Um, and then I texted that. And then, of course, you know, he blocks the punt. And then I felt like they started putting him in in the second half and started using him again. Um, every now and then, like they used to. So it was really weird. It was like as soon as I asked the question, I felt like uh, I felt like they automatically changed and started using him again, and they coincidentally started winning. I also think you know I, I don't. I, I think that block punt was I mean obviously huge for the game, but you know we could potentially even look back on it in the future and say you know that block punt kind of turn the whole season around because, you know, the Saints were really looking lackluster and dismal. And without that block punt, who knows what happens in this game? Maybe they lose this game uh, and maybe they just continue to spiral downwards. So, um, you know, I, I thought that, that block punt was here. I mean, t- he's t- Taysom Hill. He's 
I know Drew's having a great season, but shit, I mean, he 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 deserves the MVP for on this team for this for this season. <laughs> I love the hot take, Kevin. What does Taysom have to, Taysom Hill have to do between now and the Super Bowl to become a lock Saints Hall of Fame member? Oh, let's see. I'm going to say he gets thrown in on defense and somehow comes up with a turnover. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you know, like, so we got that. We've got maybe he has to uh, kick an extra point or something. I, I can promise you he would have done a much better job on that Miami miracle than Gronk did. <laughs> oh, Mike. I showed that play to my wife. When she we were scheduled to take Christmas pictures and my wife she said, You don't my have wife. to go with me if and I just said yes and she didn't even finish what she had to say and she, because she's a great wife, she let me stay home mm-hmm. and watch the Saints and I showed her the Miami touchdown and she was speechless and she went, Holy shit, what is Gronk doing? <laughs> it was it was it was it was maybe my wife the most excited she's been about about the dolphins in the 10 years that I've known her it was it was quite great um they always play well against brady in miami yeah but i mean they they but like it's it's they either win and it doesn't mean anything or whatever um i, I think if 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 Taysom hill like blocked a punt and ran a kickoff back in the Super Bowl and got the Super Bowl MVP, I think that would lock him in the Saints Hall of Fame. Because, like, we we love Hokey Gajon and we love other people. They have a lot of people in the Saints Hall of Fame. It's like, eh, questionable is what I'm saying. Um, We're close to getting into the Saints Hall of Fame. I am. I want yeah. the, the Florida Lee Media Award. Uh, I think I should qualify. The Joe Gamelli. The Joe Gamelli. I've been nominated for some sort of Louisiana Press Award. I didn't win. I finished second. I got a certificate. It's like a, you know, thanks for coming. It's like a ribbon. But uh, so I should I should qualify for that. So before we get to um, the Saints game, the our picks and the. Uh, the Twitter questions. I want to take a second to ask you guys to do something uh, nice for the holiday season. Uh, the New Orleans, Florida State Knowles holiday drive is happening. There's a, there's going to be a link on our podcast. They they partner with Catholic charities. They buy gifts for t- teenagers that are that need Christmas gifts. Uh, they have all kinds of stuff you can you can purchase through Amazon that is as low as like five dollars and it, whatever you can spend. The podcast has donated $150 to help these kids get gifts. Everybody deserves a, a gift on Christmas. So go to uh, our website at Podbean. I'll have the link up. If you can donate, please do to make somebody's Christmas great. Um, all right. Here nice company. I could use a knife. <laughs> we, don't, we can't have JLD. Well, JLD hot sauces and knives, man. They can't. Right. Listen, donate to the cause. <laughs> Ralph's right. Kids need gifts. I could use a knife from the hot sauce people. 
Look, if you think a knife's inappropriate, buy him a death shot. Exactly. <laughs> I'll take that. They don't need books. They don't need clothes. They don't need bikes. What they that. need is a good hunting knife and a, and a death pepper. shot. <laughs> Listen, if the hot sauce people send me send me a sample of something, I'll I'll put it on uh, I'll put it on something and record myself eating it and then put it on Facebook so Ralph can share it. Jerry's gonna listen to this and he's gonna want your address and you're gonna be getting something. I guarantee fucking it. We are shameless at this podcast. L- look at what we have turned into. We are not only getting free stuff from listeners, now we are begging for free stuff. <laughs> we have, we we have come it's just we're 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 better at it. What a time to be alive. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <sighs> All right. Uh, Alfredo said he sent his questions already. Al- Alfredo, I'm too lazy to scroll back. I'm sorry. Uh, so <laughs> this is from Chef Ubre, Kevin. What classic modern wrestler does this Saints team resemble the most other than Ric Flair? All right. So I, I, this was the one that I gave the most thought to. Um, and I'm going to say The Undertaker. So, so the Saints went on that long stretch of victories where they just look completely dominant, and then they get you know they get tagged, and then so suddenly their their streak gets busted, and you're wondering what the hell's going on, and then sure enough, uh, Tampa Bay comes along to uh, to act as the Bray Wyatt uh, for uh, for the Saints, and we steamroll through them. So. There you go. I picked Roddy Roddy Piper because I feel like the Saints are a little bit crazy, like Roddy Roddy Piper. And I just think of his uh, I do what I want to do speech. And that sort of is hashtag we make the rules, pal. So I thought of Roddy Roddy Piper. Please tell me he his story finished with a happy ending and a title. Uh... Roddy, Piper, no. Roddy Piper only won the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, for like two months, <laughs> just pass it over to Bret Hart at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, Ralph, I hate that. I hate yeah. that. I, I have, I don't know anything about what you're saying, but I don't like it. Okay, Andrew, this is a good question for you. This is from Cody. Are Are you worried that Breeze has hit a hit a, hit a wall like Favre did? No, he's just played two games on the road. Um, Dallas has a tremendous defense. You know the Tampa game. NFC South rivalry, it was a weird game. The field was all messed up, and, you know, there were some reasons why I think it was maybe a little bit more difficult to play. Breeze really wasn't playing that bad before the pick, Um, you know. So I I just think you get him back in the dome. I mean, I don't know how he's going to play at Carolina this week. This could be weird and tough again, but get him back in the dome, and then hopefully he will play every game for the rest of the season in the dome after that. And the playoffs, but I think it'll be fine. Kevin, not a not a Twitter question people ask, but I have to ask it. The Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that you hate maybe as much as you hate the Falcons, maybe more if you'd be completely honest. They are in a complete death spiral. If the Saints were able to deliver the knockout blow for the Steelers season in the dome. How 
magical would it be, and where would it rate on your personal Saints fun scale? Uh, it it would be. I mean, it would be pretty high up there. The reason it wouldn't be, the reason that it wouldn't maybe be, excuse me, super high up there is because you know the 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 jackass Pittsburgh Steelers fan that I loathe. I don't pay attention to the guy on social media, so I wouldn't get to sort of bask in his misery of uh, like I can't even bask in in the in his misery of getting beat by the Raiders. So I'm not going to be able to bask <laughs> uh, stumping Ben Roethlisberger uh, in in the middle of the dome. So they, it's like they listen, the, I, I, they, I hate the Steelers, but a lot of that is. A lot of that it was conditional on other people. Um, I would say that the Steelers are probably sliding down my my most hated franchise list. Really? Just really? a little. Not, not wow. saying they're completely short. I'm just saying that they're not. There was a time, was a time not too long ago where Kevin hated the Steelers more than the Falcons. Yeah, and here's the thing: the Steelers play New England this week. So it's a good chance that they're losing. They're going to be loser, losers of four in a row when they go to the dome, and they might need even. They might not be in first place. They might not control their own destiny by then. So the Saints can really put the stake to. They can put the stake to them. So that's really good. Uh, this is from Jim, Dave. How do you explain the fact that our defense, who has been fantastic, continue to give up points on the opening drive? Uh, I, I think that's just that's just the way a lot of games go. Um, you know, you're a defense. You, you you have to react to what the offense is showing you and what they're doing. Uh, and on that opening drive, you know, that's the first that's the first series. That's the first time you're you're getting to see them. You're feeling them out. Um, and uh, you know, after that opening drive, you know, you can go back and check out the looks and all that kind of stuff and then start making adjustments. Um, that way you can start reacting better. So um, I, it's, I don't think that's surprising at all. Um, and, and when I see that happen, when I see them give up a touchdown on an opening drive or early in the game like that, um, I, I don't tend to worry too much at this point now with Dennis Allen, I feel like he's very good at, um, at making adjustments. And obviously now this is two games in a row, uh, shutting down, uh, opposing offenses completely in the second half. I, I'll just... feel, I feel like since he started with the saints, a defensive coordinator, he's always done better in the second half. Generally speaking, I think he's, yeah, I, I, I think, I think Dennis Allen is very good at making adjustments. Um, and, and, taking what he's given and then working with that. Um, and I'd, I'd like to take this time too, to just, you know, make an overall point about the league in general, you know, um, you know, earlier in the first half of the season, everybody was talking about offense and how this was the highest, you know, you know, highest scoring season, you know, people, Teams were just putting up ridiculous numbers, and I think now we're getting later in the season. I don't think it has to necessarily do with the cold weather, but, um, you know, I think a lot of that is, 
Defenses are tightening up, yeah. Oh, I mean, totally. I mean, and and obviously we saw that with the Saints. I mean, on our offense, I think we're 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 one of the, uh, um, you know, that's happening with you know that happened with us the earlier part of our season. You know, we were great. We were clicking. We were putting up tons of points. We were blowing out teams, um, and now we're playing teams like Dallas or whatever. Uh, and there are other teams out there like Chicago. I'm watching Seattle right now. It's 21 nothing, but for most of the game, it was three nothing or six nothing. Um, I mean, you know, it's now becoming a more of a defensive league. And uh, so, I mean, the good news for the Saints is, I mean, we're not as good as Chicago or we're not as good as Dallas um, as far as our defense is concerned. But um, we're getting pretty good and we're playing very well in the second half. Um, So hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll at least maintain this, if not get better. Um, so when we get into these playoffs, we're going to be able to play that defensive game uh, and, and, and. About the opening drive is, you know, when you're practicing all week, the opening drive, really the first 15, 20 plays are all a lot of times scripted and they're the most rehearsed and they're the most high, highest likelihood of the offense being fully in sync, everyone knowing exactly what they're supposed to do knowing the cadence, knowing the snap count. There's a lot that goes into the rehearsal and during the walkthrough, you know, you'll go through the first 20 plays. So in terms of just an offense being in sync, being on the same page, knowing what to do, those first 20 plays, you know, it's really once you get deeper into a game and an offensive coordinator has to change his game plan or or scheme things differently, adjust on the fly, uh, guys get hurt and you come in replacing someone where – you start to see guys make mistakes and not know what they're doing, and, et cetera. So. And the thing about this, this, the first drive with Tampa is Winston made one of those throws that will keep him employed in the NFL for like 10 more years. Where like he threw it to Evans, Lattimore had really good coverage, and he just threw it in there on a dime, and it was like a 35-yard gain. And that sort of set it up. Um, so you know what happens. Kevin, this is a question from Chris. I saved it just for you. If Bridgewater never plays a meaningful down as a Saint, is the trade justified for his post-victory locker room dance moves alone? Only if we get to see a locker room dance uh, tweet uh, in the uh, in the second weekend of February. Now, Kevin, the Saints gave up a third-round pick for him. I know you hate that. Yeah, uh, 2019 I, draft is your nightmare, man. <laughs> no, they have a second round pick. That's it. Look, what are the look, like I said? Just I, I, if he's dancing, if he's shooting, if they're shooting him, if oh Christ, I can't even think. Uh, if they release a video of him dancing in the locker room in Atlanta in February. Then I'll say it was worth it. There's this there's this quote from Sean Payton, you know, from '09 when the Saints won the Super Bowl. That's like if you you know if you win a Super Bowl, then it means every move you've made, you know, it justifies. Yeah, it's basically justified every move.
Andrew, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I think we lost you for there. I'll have to clip that out. Uh, so let's get to the game. The Saints are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Kevin, Monday night against Carolina. Carolina is in a death spiral. Uh, they are six and seven. But who do you got? And who's your MVP? Oh, at Carolina. Shit. Um, all right. I'm going to pick the Saints to win. I say Carolina covers. I'm going to go with a final of... Well, let's see. Uh, 31 to 27. And the MVP. Uh, let's, uh, let's just, let's just say it's Kamara. Ooh. Andrew, Saints are a six and a half point favorite. Who you got? I just think if. The Panthers have anything left in them, any pride, any fire whatsoever. They've already lost the division. They lost to the Saints three times last year. They're fighting for their playoff lives. They're at home in front of a national audience. Like If they have anything left, I expect them to give it everything they have against the Saints, and I think it's going to be really tough. Uh, I do think the Saints will win. 23 to 20, and my MVP is Will Lutz, who will hit a 57-yard field goal at the gun. Ooh, that's a good prediction. You know, the thing about Carolina is everybody talks about their collapse more than Atlanta's, obviously, because Carolina had started so well and they were six and two, and now they're six and seven. But Atlanta's collapse is, in my opinion, is much worse because Atlanta is getting housed in games. Carolina, they've lost five in a row, but four of them have been one-score games, and two of them. Carolina went for two, one of them. Carolina went for two to win, and yesterday they had the ball first and goal, and they scored a touchdown. They would have won. So I mean, these games are close. So it's not like you know a bounce here, a bounce there. They'd be in a little bit better shape. But Dave, who do you got? I I, I, just, I feel differently about this game than I guess everybody else does. Um, you know, Ralph, you said they're in a death spiral. I I think that uh, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, what lost their last five, I think. Yep. Um, and, you know, losing to the Browns, that's that's just not a good look. Um, well, the Browns are better. They're I know. Not, the I Browns know, are I not know. a laughing stop anymore. Oh, okay. Look, can we just continue to keep making <laughs> All right. Well, look, yeah. Look. I mean, no, you know, I mean, I mean, the Browns gave the Saints some trouble. Greg <laughs> is trying to get that can't, job full can't time. Relate, Dave. Bro. Can't relate, bro. Saints didn't lose. No, can't relate. I, I, am well aware, I am well aware that the Browns are, uh, you know, trending in the right direction, but uh, that's not going to stop me from continuing to make fun of them forever. Um, but uh, I don't know. And Cam Newton, I don't know. I, I think he's probably getting pretty unhappy at this point, and I don't think he's and mentally he's tough. And yeah, he's injured. He seems, he seems very banged up. Yeah. He's, and he's just kind of always been a whiny baby. And so he's probably whining about losing five games in a row. I think he's, so I, I just, I, I don't see the Panthers. It's, it's, it's crazy to think that they are in the playoff hunt as, uh, as, as Andrew mentioned, but, uh, 
at the same time, I feel like they're not really in the playoff hunt. If that makes hey, any sense, an eight-win team is getting in the an eight-win team is getting that sixth spot in the NFC because Minnesota has it currently, and they're going to lose, and they're going to be six, six, and one. So an eight-win team's getting that last playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, mathematically they're in it, but mentally I think they're yeah. they're out of it. I don't know, but uh, so I think it's going to be a blowout. It's it's uh, Monday night, you know, Saints prime time. I know it's not in the dome, but uh, they're still pretty darn good on prime time. They shine under the lights. Uh, I'm going to say this is a blowout. I'm going to say this isn't even close. Uh, you know, we we put the final nail in, in Carolina's coffin uh, for this season. Um, I'm going to say, uh, and I'm, I'm also, also, I think offensively going to be a get right game for the saints and everybody can stop freaking out and be like, okay, okay we can score, we can score 35 points a game again. Uh, I'm going to say 35 saints, uh, uh, I'm going to say 20 Panthers, but some of that comes late in the game. And, uh, I'm going to say Drew Brees MVP. He, he, uh, he, he gets back. He, people start talking about him again for MVP. This is, and Dave, I agree with you, but I'm going to take it one step further. This is a people going to get fired game. And it ain't going to be because of the Saints. It ain't going to be Saints people. It's going to be people going to get fired. It's going to be Carolina people. Saints 41, Carolina 10. And (laughs) it's going to be the death nail for Ron Rivera and their GM. And the new owner's just going to fumigate it. Maybe not Tuesday after the game, but after the season. He's going to fumigate it and bring in all new people so we won't get to make fun of Riverboat Ron and all that anymore. But uh, it it's going to be a beating of monumental proportion. And Booger McFarlane's just going to be riding up and down the sideline in his space-age golf cart or whatever the fuck that is, uh, making jokes about uh, being from Louisiana and how he likes Popeye's. Which I'm all for because I enjoy it, but I, the rest of America doesn't really like it. Uh, so that does it. Uh, Kevin, it's always a pleasure when you return to us. So You're right. You're right, you're right for the place, really. It is. It is. And, and when Kevin comes back, I feel like the open becomes like 1% less stale. When Kevin joins us, so that makes me happy, and I can put off not doing a no, new open no, another week. Get a new open. No, get a new open. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Like none of yeah. us, none of us write for the things that that they say we write for anymore. None of us yeah, write at all, besides me. How's your team drops the ball going, Kevin? <sighs> uh, uh, it still exists somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, you got you actually have to go back and listen to one of the podcasts. We'd be like, go back to your website. And like, look up old things. <laughs> I can't. I don't even have a I'm dead. We're we're done. <laughs>